Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 46. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, a common theme you hear at Entrepreneur on Fire is listen to your audience. Well, I've been listening, and I am excited to announce the launch of podplatform.com. We have received an incredible amount of feedback from entrepreneurs who want to start their own podcast, but have no idea where to begin. With podcasting, recording your audio is as easy as clicking a red button, but the tough part is what comes after. Think of Pod Platform as a turnkey solution to podcasting. You simply record your audio, send my team your MP3, and we do the rest. It's that simple. Entrepreneur on Fire is generating 100,000 downloads a month in over 100 countries. Think of what that could do for you in your business. Go to www.podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply ecstatic to introduce my guest today, Jenny Blake. Jenny, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Awesome. Jenny is an author, blogger, life coach, and sought-after speaker who helps others wake up, live big, and love the journey. She's been featured on Forbes.com, US News and World Report, CNN, and was recognized by Susie Orman as a leader among Generation Y. She's also spoken at Google, Best Buy, Carnegie Mellon, TEDx, and Columbia University, always with rave reviews. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Jenny. Why don't you take from here and tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. My most recent history is that I had been working at Google for five and a half years. Toward the end, it was in coaching and career development. Then my book, Life After College, came out last March. So I did a self-funded book tour and had taken a three-month unpaid leave from Google. I ended up during that time realizing that there was so much I wanted to do in terms of my own business and my own personal goals that it really wouldn't be fair either to my own projects or to them if I went back. So in June of last year, I gave my two weeks notice. And now here we are a year, a little bit over a year later. And I'm doing coaching full time as well as, as you mentioned, speaking. And I run a coaching course called Make It Happen. Awesome. And yeah, I've just seen some of these speeches that you've done online and they are just really inspiring and definitely encourage all of Fire Nation to check it out. I will link them up in the show notes. Just really great stuff. Cool. Thank you. So Jenny, we're going to transition now into our first topic, which is the success quote. Because at Entrepreneur on Fire, we like to get every interview off and rolling with a little motivation. And that is our success quote to really get Fire Nation pumped up for the content that you're about to share with us. So what do you have for us today? One of my favorite quotes is, action is the antidote to despair. And that came from Joan Bates. And it reminds me that no action is too small and that sometimes you can't think your way out of a problem or a bad mood or total depression. It really requires taking some action. Mm, I love that quote. And at Entrepreneur on Fire, this is truly about your journey, your story as an entrepreneur. So can you take us down to the ground level and just give us an example of how you've actually applied that quote to your everyday life? Sure. There have been times where I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what kind of decision to make. There were many moments where I was thinking 
about when was the right time to pursue life after college full time. Even when I was writing my book in 2008, I was on a roll, totally on fire, and then hit what I call total and utter book block. Couldn't even open my Word file for almost six months. And it wasn't until I decided, well, if I my dream of being a writer is on hold right now, then maybe I'll go to a Northern California Speakers Association meeting and try and act as if I'm a professional speaker. And in doing that, I met the author of the book, How to Write a Book Proposal. And that totally kicked me back into gear. I wrote a proposal, found an agent, found a publisher. And so it reminded me that Again, just because you know I was so getting so depressed and stuck around my book, but it wasn't until I decided to take action, even if it was a somewhat unrelated action, that really helped me find my momentum and my footing again. I love that. And it's just such a great lesson for Fire Nation just to know that you never know where you're going to get your inspiration from. You don't know what events, what phone call, what blog post. And it's just such a powerful lesson to keep taking action of some kind, and that can just kick you back into gear, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jenny, we're going to transition now into the next topic, which is failure. Because again, Entrepreneur on Fire is all about the journey of the entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur, you've faced failure, you've had challenges, you've had to overcome obstacles during the course of your journey. You've already alluded to one with your book block. I would really just love for you to take us back to some point in your journey where you really came across a challenge or an obstacle that you had to overcome. Walk us through that. Sure. There, you know, I wouldn't say there's some big, massive failure. Um, and, And in fact, I really do, it's cheesy, but I really do believe that all of those are learning experiences and they happen for a reason. As far as challenge, I would say that working full-time and trying to manage my own projects on the side, the book and the blog, and then eventually doing the book tour was very tiring and exhausting. And I remember feeling burnt out at several different periods. And someone, I took a managing your energy course at the time, and they said, is the life you're living worth the price you're paying for it? And I remember thinking that, no, (laughs) in terms of my own health and stress levels, it really was too much. And I knew that it was in service of this broader goal of eventually having my own company. But there is a balance, I I believe, and at least for me personally, that there's no point in running yourself into the ground that really this is meant to be. And the, the authors of the book, The Power of Full Engagement, talk about how we often run our lives like a marathon. And instead, we should treat it as sprints and recovery. And we're really good at the sprints. We're really good at going hard, having a goal, but actually we're often not as good at building in that recovery time. And so my challenge over the last few years really was figuring out how to build in the recovery time that I need, big and small, in order to keep doing everything that I was doing. Let's get specific here for a second. What have you found has actually been very beneficial for you as far as a recovery time? What have you found that you actually do that helps you recover during those times right following your sprints? Mm-hmm. There are some daily practices that really help me. Running for 20 minutes in the morning helps me get fresh air and start thinking through what I need to do that day. Taking a break and going to yoga class in the afternoon is really helpful and calming as well. Eating healthily 
And so generally just putting my own health and wellness first within a given day and particularly within a week is very helpful. So that's kind of the mini recovery. And then it's really important when doing these big sprints, writing a book, doing a book tour to have some days off. And it, it really, I do think needs to be in proportion to the size of what you're working on. So uh, I rem- I just remember that once I quit my job, I'd come off the 10 city book tour and it took me about a month of recovery just, just to settle back down and get enough sleep and take things slow. And so sometimes recovery is about going unplugged for a week or a month. And that's awesome if you can do that. And sometimes it's just giving yourself permission to go at 50% for a little while until you feel back up to speed. Awesome. And you've given us a very broad overview of different challenges and obstacles that you are facing in your current life right now. Can you take us to a time within the past year that you've really faced a challenging obstacle and how you overcame that? One of the most challenging was my first month of solopreneurship. I do coaching and I do speaking and I had almost $7,000 of income lined up. And that was, I mean, that was awesome. That's, that's a great month. So it's, it goes up and down every month, but I had a few speaking gigs. I had a few potential new coaching clients. It was all coming together. And then as it was all coming together, it all fell apart. I ended up making $0 for the month of August, which was my, actually my second month of solopreneurship. And I just remember thinking, Oh God, <laughs> like, here we go. This is going to be a roller coaster. And I really had to let go of, I'd, I'd been working full time for seven and a half years and that's getting a steady paycheck every two weeks. So all of a sudden to have this business where I could have all that money protected and then have it all go away was this total wake up call and a big challenge to realize First of all, definitely don't count your chickens before they hatch. And then second of all, uh, have, have some sort of system where that isn't going to totally wreck everything. And definitely, I didn't end up having to use my savings, but knowing that it's there is really critical for me. I can totally picture that situation that you were in. I mean, when you go out to become a solopreneur, you have all of the naysayers saying, what are you doing? You're leaving Google. It's the best job in the world. It's security. There's healthcare benefits. There's this, there's that. What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, you hit that first bump in the road. And then all of a sudden, all of these words come rushing back. And you're like, wow, were these people actually right? And you start to doubt yourself. And it's really during those moments that the successful entrepreneurs put their head down and just continue to drive forward with their plan. And it sounds like you were able to do that. And you did allude to a pretty awesome lesson, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Did you pull another lesson out of that period in time? One of the biggest things was a mindset. I remember telling myself, exactly as you said, it would be easy for all those fears to rush in. I told you you weren't going to be successful. You know, Who do you think you are? I found it very empowering to realize that everything is a learning experience. If I lost this business, there's something to learn. I was working on making it happen at the time. And I remember when the launch was coming up, I was going to be so devastated if it didn't sell. But then I thought, well, you know what? If it doesn't sell, then I need to learn about sales and marketing. And so this very empowering mindset that 
these failures and these challenges are teachers for us, absolutely. And they teach us where we need to beef up our skills. So it's, it's not that, you know, and for anyone listening to this interview, I can almost guarantee that the problem will not be that you're incompetent or incapable of doing whatever you want to do. It's that you may have a skill gap and need to learn more and need to talk to people who've gone before you. And that's a very different thing than just sitting there kind of beating yourself up. It's like, what do I need to learn? And okay, duly noted universe. <laughs> you know? Love that. I love that. And we're going to use that to transition to our next topic, which is the aha moment. You've been so generous sharing with us part of your journey, which are the different challenges and obstacles and failures that you face and overcome. The other end of the spectrum is that beautiful aha moment when those light bulbs go on. And as entrepreneurs, on a lot of levels, we have these aha moments every single day. These little light bulbs go off, they inspire us, they propel us forward into new and exciting directions. But every now and then, we do have that one big aha moment where the clouds part, the sun rays burst through, and the angels are singing. Have you had an aha moment on that level, Jenny? I would say that I'm fortunate to have had several. I have been doing coaching since 2008, and that I, I love it. It's a joy. One of the aha moments came when I launched Make It Happen. I had the, for the first class in there, and they started bonding with each other. And that for me was like, okay, I have found a zone of genius for myself, as, as uh, Gay Hendricks writes in The Big Leap, that we have a zone of incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. And I often felt like I was in my zone of excellence at Google. I was successful. I got good reviews, but I wasn't always tapped into the zone of genius. And when I created the course, I realized it was helping me mix my love for technology, my love for coaching, my love for learning and development, and for building community and bringing people together. And so that moment, you know, I would still say I'm not really sure what format the course is going to take, how I'm going to keep it going, but it helped me realize as an entrepreneur that there are ways to combine all of my various skills and interests, and all it's going to take is some creativity and experimentation and, and ups and downs, no doubt, as you've mentioned, but that, ah, this, this is truly what I'm meant to be doing, and I'm just looking forward to continue to experiment and play and find more things like that. Mm, and that is exciting. What are some specific actions that you have taken after you've had these aha moments and specifically the one that you just were talking about? Part of it is constantly checking in and asking what about this is awesome. And then what about this is not in my zone of genius that I don't enjoy as much or that is not really serving me or that might not be delivering the full value to my community. And so for me, there's this process of reflection and, and this goes back to creating recovery. It's also having enough flex and time in my schedule that I'm not working and building all the time. Sometimes it really is about getting quiet and listening and taking feedback. And I haven't created anything new for at least a few months, if not six months or more, but I'm okay with that right now because for me, I'm in this for the long haul and I don't want to rush to always be creating. I want to also take time to really listen to my own inner voice and to that of my community of what would be most, have the most impact. Jenny, have you had an I've made it moment yet? 
<laughs> uh, you know, I'm pretty proud to have been living in New York for the last year. I quit my job and picked the most expensive city to live in. So when I hit my one-year anniversary, I felt like, okay, I have made it one year. I'm not living in a van down by the river. I haven't <laughs> had to collect out my savings and all these fears that I had. And I'm, I am very proud of myself for being able to make it to a year, to feel happy and healthy, more so than I ever have in my life, to have great friends and relationships, and to be doing what I'm doing. I feel incredibly fortunate, and um, it's still nerve-wracking because no one can make any guarantees about what will happen in the future, but it, it feels pretty good to have made it a year out of the gate. And that is so refreshing, Jenny, because as entrepreneurs, we're always setting these high lofty goals for ourselves. And then we're just striving to the fullest of our abilities to reach those goals. And then once we reach those goals, oftentimes we're just immediately putting that bar to the next level and putting our heads back down and driving forward. So it's really refreshing to hear that you're able to kind of step back, look at where you've come the past year in New York City, in Manhattan. You're still living very well. You have great relationships. You're appreciating that moment. That is so key to be able to really see where you've come, take a deep breath and enjoy it. Because again, this is about the journey. Well, thank you. I, I find this is something I talk about a lot with coaching clients too, that all, we're oftentimes worse at celebrating than we are worrying. I find that a lot of people, just like you said, want to skip right over their accomplishments or their small wins and move on to what's missing, what's broken, what's next. And so the ability to stop and acknowledge where you've come, I think is very important and it makes it more fun. It makes the whole journey more fun and it cultivates that good energy around doing more. I, I think of it like training your subconscious and saying like, good doggy, you know, when you celebrate and you give yourself a treat or a reward, whether it's monetary or a nice meal with friends, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's so important to honor the process. So I'm really glad that you said that. Great. Well, I'm really glad that you put an exclamation point on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny, we're going to move forward to our next topic, which is your current business, because you're rolling along now. You've made the move to New York City, you're living there, you're loving it, you have a lot of exciting things going on in your business. What's one thing that is really exciting you right now? One thing that's really exciting me right now, somehow, some way, even though my marketing on my website has a lot of room for improvement, most of my coaching clients are working on a blog, book, or business. And it's so fun for me to help them build these things. I realized that I could easily be in the business of doing quarter-life crisis coaching. My blog is Life After College, and that would be that could be a clear niche to take. And instead, people are coming to me for these micro-businesses, and I get to be their thought partner and create plans with them and really help these projects come to life. And so that is just one of my greatest honors and my greatest joys and I've, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, consolidated my coaching days to Monday and Tuesday and my meeting days, so that leaves me five days of the week to really build as I want to. And sometimes I take Wednesday and Thursday off, and that's my weekend, and I work over the weekend when everyone's out in the streets are really crowded. And so I'm also excited about the flexibility in, in my schedule and um, it doesn't mean that I want to live out of a suitcase, which I actually feel like I do half the time, but it just gives 
options for me to really optimize my best energy windows for my clients, for my blog readers, and for my for myself. Mm. Thank you for sharing that insight. Now, Jenny, the word entrepreneur, it really is a mystery to most people. I mean, you allude to the fact that you have this flexibility. You sometimes take the midweek off and then you're working on the weekends and people kind of have this aura of mystery sometimes around the word entrepreneur. And at Entrepreneur on Fire, I love to pull back the curtain and kind of give Fire Nation a peek inside the life of our spotlighted entrepreneur. Can you share with us two tasks that do seem to occupy a good portion of your days? Sure. Email is the number one. (laughs) And I love interacting with people and I'm always so grateful for emails that I get from readers or other bloggers. And it takes up a pretty significant portion of my time. And the other one, I would say it really depends. Um, If you don't count coaching or interacting with the Make Should Happen class as as a task, then I would say the other task is getting things done for the blog, whether it's a partnership that I'm putting together or the next blog post or answering interview questions for someone. There's usually some, there's a lot of tasks related to, related to the blog that come up. And both the things that I mentioned, the email and the blog, I think of those in some ways as reactive or maintenance mode. So that's different than if I'm working on building a course or writing another book, which I'm not yet. But uh, I try to keep it balanced between doing strategic, proactive work and then reactive work. So Jenny, what is the vision that you have for the future of your company? Probably within the next year, I'm going to move over to JennyBlake.org for my own personal blogging. And I'm going to keep Life After College fully up and running. Probably will have a few curated guest writers who help contribute content because I've had life after college now for the blog almost five years and the website for seven and I'm turning 29 in two weeks and then 30 next year and I feel like it will be really nice to have a site that is more of an umbrella that life after college is one component of what I do but it's not necessarily the full story anymore so that's really where I'm headed. Awesome so Jenny We've reached my favorite part of the show. Mm -hmm. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I provide you with a series of questions, and you come back with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound Mm -hmm. like a plan? All right. I'll do my best. (laughs) What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear. What is the best business advice that you ever received? On the topic of fear, it was when someone asked me the question, what will you regret more? one year from well what would you regret more and also how would you feel one year from now if nothing has changed so that often helps me figure out what to pursue or making a big decision like when to leave my job yeah what is something that's working for you or your business right Mm now I recently started working with an assistant who used to have her own blog and she reached out to me I love it. I will never not work with her if I can help it. I would cut out every other expense before stopping working with her. It is bringing me so much sanity and productivity. I absolutely love it. Now, how did you go about finding your assistant? She reached out to me, actually. And I had thought I was going to go find someone in the Philippines 
or, you know, one of those task services in India. And instead, I, I, I got halfway through those processes and was not resonating with it at all. And then when this, she's a stay-at-home mom, reached out to me. Her name's Andrea. She just said, I love what you're doing. I want to help you. I want to be a thought partner for you, for your business. And I was nervous to hire her at first because I wasn't, I was worried that would I be able to pay her consistently. But now I can just see that that's the absolute best thing that I spend my business funds on. And, and it's so helpful to just feel like I'm not carrying everything by myself. That is a great weight that's been lifted off your shoulders. Huge. So do you have an internet resource such as an Evernote that you are just in love with that you would like to share with Fire Nation? I, well, it's funny you ask. I just posted a blog post called 90 Tech Tools <laughs> to help manage your life. There is a ton of great stuff in that. I swear up and down by TripIt for travel and Google Docs. And uh, I use Evernote a lot. And then I'm trying to think if there's any other... There's so many that I use, but I would say TripIt absolutely saves me for travel. Now, how do you use TripIt for travel? It automatically pulls in flight and hotel itineraries from Gmail, and it keeps all your flights and upcoming trips in one place. So when it's time to check in or check what time your flight is or see where your hotel is, it's all in there. Wow. I guess you do live out of a suitcase. I do right now, at least. (laughs) So, Jenny, what's the best business book that you've read in the last six months? You know, that is a great question. I read a lot of business books for a time. Chris Gillibo's $100 Startup is actually a great one. It, it's it's fantastic if you're just starting a business. If you're somewhere, let's say where I am, I still dog-eared five or six pages with great ideas. And so I feel like anyone can get something out of that book. Awesome. We will link that up in the show notes. So Jenny, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one. So take your time, digest it, and then you can come back with a great answer. Okay. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all the experience, knowledge, and money that you currently have right now, but your business had completely disappeared, forcing you to start with a clean slate, which many of our listeners find themselves with right now, what would you do in the next seven days? I would listen. I would sit, I would meditate, I would get quiet, I would go for walks, I would listen to myself, to my gut, and I would also have conversations with people who are close to me in my life and my network and ask them, have they ever been in this position? When they look at me, what do they see as my greatest strengths and talents? And so I would I would start to really listen to my gut and to what it was telling me about where my energy is for what's next. Jenny, you've given us some great actionable advice and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug and then we'll say goodbye. (laughs) Sure. Well, first of all, thank you all for listening. My parting piece of advice would be to experiment and start small. Don't feel like you have to do this all overnight. Figure out what you need in order to experiment safely. If that means staying at your full-time job for a while, great. There's no set prescribed path for how to do any of this stuff. You've just got to start and adjust as you go. For my plug, if you want to find me online, my blog is lifeaftercollege.org. And I'm on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake and would love to hear from any of you. So feel free to reach out anytime.
Awesome. We will link all of that up in the show notes. Jenny, thank you so much for your time. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Great. Thanks so much, John. And thanks everyone. Fire Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. Are you interested in learning five ways to make $500 this month? How about five productivity tips that will help you today? Well, that and more is my free gift to you when you go to eofire.com and subscribe to Fire Nation. Lastly, for that entrepreneur ready to take it to the next level, visit ignitemastermind.com, join our elite mastermind community, and watch your business or business idea explode. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.